Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It's Josh Wiggler with another episode of Worst Day Ever, recapping Season 1, Episode 2 of 24. Just an obligatory reminder that despite what you might hear in this podcast, which was recorded just about a year ago, this podcast comes out once a week. It does not come out 700 times a week or whatever crazy thing that I say in this podcast. This podcast comes out but once a week. 24 minutes coming your way once a week on Mondays. This is the episode 2 recap. Next week we'll have the episode 3 recap, which we also recorded a year ago. And then episode 4, from that point forward, we're coming to you live from 2021. Uh, don't forget that we have a feedback show coming your way on episode 4 of 24 season 1. Do you have questions about our take? about season one of 24 so far send them my way josh at postshowrecaps.com that's josh at postshowrecaps.com send that feedback in we'd love to hear from you as we stop down for a longer episode during week four of worst day ever for now it's that rapid fire 24 minute podcast beginning right now The following podcast was recorded on May 25th, 2020, from 10.48 in the morning until 11.12 in the morning. Events occur in real time. 24 podcast where we're going through every single episode of season one in 24 minutes or less. I'm Josh Wiggler. I've seen every episode of 24. I'm joined here <laughs> by Emily Fox, who uh, just got absolutely rattled uh, by the fact that uh, Alan York and Terry Bauer are taking the time out of their busy day to clean uh, the furniture store that has it been ravaged It just feels like a bad priority. Antics. It feels like a bad priority. Okay. Your daughter is missing. Your daughter is missing. Things And are, you're like, let's just clean up this store real quick. They, you know, it's their parental instincts are like, oh, we're going to get sued. Like, we got to just like do the best that we can to be good people. Your husband's a federal agent. Your husband's a federal agent. He All right. get you out of it. This is hour two of season one of 24, the hours of 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. We are going to breeze through the events of the episode, stopping down with our observations. And if we have time left over, which we won't, we will <laughs> get through any other stray observations that we have. Emily Fox, so far, the 24 train is still a pleasing ride for you? Yeah, I would say so. Um, how was your experience with episode two versus episode one? Um, a lot more of that heightened drama, a lot of uh, high stakes, so many things happening. Lots of death. My adrenaline just pumping. Your adrenaline's pumping. Emily's adrenaline is pumping. I hope yours is pumping as well as this daily, uh, not every day, it's a 24-4 <laughs> podcast, four days a week, five days a week for this first week of the podcast. All right, let's go. So let's do it. Let's get into it. So we begin at 1.02 in the morning and 17 seconds, because there's like a previously on that they got to get through. Uh, they account for that. Uh, they start the Mojave Desert 
as Mandy lands from the plane. She landies. She landies. Mandy landies. And there's a lot of scrambling back at CTU about this plane that just exploded. And like, was it an accident? Was it for, was it, uh, was this intense? <laughs> well, it was very upsetting. It was very upsetting. No one's thrilled about that. No one's thrilled about it, but Jack Bauer's Jack Bauer senses are tinkling. I think you're already starting to see, this is a man with the sharp instincts, uh, where he says, that flight came from Berlin. Richard Walsh said that the shooter probably came from overseas, so this might be a thing. Well, the reality is, is we don't have time for him to be doing the mental math it would take for him to figure it's out. Just like, just out. start looking into yeah. it as if it might be. Like, I have a TV show to make. I got to show you one solid hour of that entertainment, what and I don't have time to talk about looking it up. What other leads do we got? Tony get to work, and Tony's like, I don't really want to do that. And by the way, why was George Mason limping out of your office? Some some shenanigans, chicanery is happening here, and I want to know what's going on. I feel like Tony Almeida's not particularly. You be very careful with what you say next. Okay. Self-confident, I'll take. Yeah, because he's like, well, uh, I really want to know what happened. Emily, I'm not going to let this go. Emily, I, I know we've got a lot of business to take care of, but I do need to, this is important for me. How are you feeling about Tony Almeida so far? Just be honest. I be think honest. he's being kind of a weenus. You think he's being kind of a weenus, right? Yeah. This is tough. Like, you can't just take, like, no for an answer or at least go up to Nina afterwards <laughs> and be like, Nina, I think there's something up. Yeah. Like, instead, well, you're mean, like, I think something's happening, and I'm very upset about it. Yeah. Like, uh, stop being a weenus about it. Yeah, this is going to be tough that you think Tony Aren't Almeida is a Aren't you an agent? Don't, can't you do some agentry yourself? Tony Almeida. Well, real research? Isn't he, like, doesn't he stalk I know, but he does point? it in such, like, an annoying way. <laughs> okay. Can't he just be like, cool, I'm going to dig into this deeper on my own? You know, short of Jack I'm Bauer. Sure short of Jack Bauer, Tony Almeida is my favorite 24 character. So this is going to be very difficult that Emily thinks that Tony Almeida is a weenus. But uh, <laughs> that is a journey that we need to track. But Nina like is basically like Tony stop being a weenus George Mason exactly. George Mason showed up he threatened Jack because the people that he busted you know last year were friends of George's and you know Jack doesn't have a lot of tolerance for critiques uh, and Tony's like okay fine sure and he walks away so I guess like even in that version of the cover up story so Jack punched him directly in the kneecap like, like, even in that version of the story, the reason George Mason limped out of the office is because Jack hit a superior officer. And Tony's like, oh, that's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, back uh, with, with Mandy, she's snakes. She's snakes by the fire. Um, totally a normal thing anyone would do. Mandy's not a normal person, as I, I think, uh, you know. One of the two times she's completely shirtless in this show. She's an assassin. I've decided that that is the least probable thing about this episode. Uh, I believe the internet called her something like, uh, like, killer. The shirtless bandit? No, I think that they called her, like, killer naked Mandy was, like, yeah. how she was known in the fandom, if I'm remembering Thank right. God her hair is long enough her to hair cover is, her boobs. Her <laughs> it's just long enough for the censors. Uh, she's, she's, like, <laughs> naked by a fire that she's had the time to start in the last like four minutes Can of like talk about blowing that? up a plane and landing. I got really upset about how the fire was left unattended especially in a desert or dry climate in California well maybe so she hides this ID that she pilfered from Martin Belkin the photographer who's dead who she boinked and stole the ID from because he's the photographer at the upcoming Palmer brunch the historic occasion <laughs> uh, and when she leaves she gets she gets taken back to like go and hang out with some other secret terrorist who we'll talk about in a little bit yeah meanwhile while a, a biker shows up, a bicyclist, a, a, a <laughs> biker. A bicyclist. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> maybe that biker put out the fire. Maybe that biker was a safety. Yeah, he was just using his little metal detector. No, it was she. It's the woman that you see at the end of the episode. Oh, she. Sorry. Um, so didn't put that together. Now I get it. Back at CTU, Tony Almeida, the weenus, according to Emily Fox, <laughs> goes up to Nina and goes, "You know, 
I was really, uh, I was, uh, I was really, <laughs> I was really impressed by that story you told about Jack. It reminded me of that time when you and I came in really early in the morning and everyone was giving us crap. And you're like, yeah, we had a breakfast we had to go to. I was really struck by how you were such a convincing liar. And Nina's like, I don't know what you want me to say. What would you think Tony Almeida's um, astrological sign is? I don't know. Is he, are you trying to suggest he's a Pisces like me? <laughs> he has a lot of feelings. Wow, Emily, I'm maybe getting dragged really, here. That, maybe that's why you like him. Getting dragged. Meanwhile, Alan, York, and Terry are dragging themselves to Palladio Furniture in the Valley, uh, where they've got uh, they've got uh, evidence that Janet and Kim were here, but they're not here anymore. And Alan finds something scandalous in the bedroom where Janet and Dan were boinking, where Danit was happening. Uh, <laughs> Danit, Chloe, that'll make. <laughs> sense later uh and he shows up with a wrapper uh and emily goes oh, a wet wipe <laughs> it's a condom i know but it's it was a, like an off-brand one it was an off-brand condom uh can we just talk about why are they at palladio for so long because it's the, it's a real time show emily events occur in real time so for they're there for the better part of an hour without any other leads hoping their kids show back up they wouldn't come back to this. They don't know that. They have nowhere else to go. And especially if they were trying to find uh, uh, Janet and Kim, they'd have to be on the road because they're Janet! Just, they're just like driving. Janet! All, they're driving all over the place. Dan has apparently given Janet a roofie. Yeah, and goes, told you. We you should have done the same roof. thing. Yeah. You should have done the same thing. Which uh, is Rick. like one of the most ridiculously uh, horrible things to a horrible. Say. Yeah. B, have said in the context of what's going on. Right. I don't know. This is, ugh. We're, we've, got, we've got a lot more to talk about with Dan and Rick as we go through. It's 109.47 in the morning when, uh, when, when Richard Walsh meets up with, like, Scott Baylor. Uh, he just shows up, and he goes and he hangs out with Scott, who's like, I'm freaking out, man. There's a plot against the I presidential thought Scott, I thought Scott was like, I'm going to go take a nap. I'll see you tomorrow. That's basically, and then he was like, no, I'm quitting. He's like, I'm quitting my but job. But I was, I was really relieved that someone values sleep in this show. Yeah, you were like, oh, he seems actually tired. That's good. Yeah. But Scott has uncovered uh, the depths of this plan, and he's got a key card. And the key card, like, Walsh is like, what does a key card got to do with anything? Well, let me break down the science of how it works. There's a magnetic stripe on the key card and that usually just lets you Richard's in. like this is ridiculous like, I have people open my hotel rooms for me speed it up we gotta go anyway the key card contains information that somebody who might be in on the plot compromised, uh, compromised. Yeah. and so Scott's like I put my wife and kid on a plane this is all very bad I don't want anything to do with this and then Scott Walsh, goes to sleep forever and then Walsh is like hey I really need your help please just for 24 hours Scott's like fine 24 hours, you got me for that. And then, yeah, he just gets assassinated. He yeah. just gets assassinated. Uh, Emily Fox bellowed out loud, your contract has not been renewed. Uh, <laughs> so the poor guy who plays Scott, uh, Walsh takes a hit to the arm uh, and he calls Jack Bauer. He says, I'm at 2350 Dunlop Plaza. Jack, get me out of here. And it's a split screen. I think that this was like the first instance, Emily, where you like really took note of the split screen. Right. This, well, is, a, this the, is the format of 24. Some of the ways in which the split screen is used is a little like silly to me because mm -hmm. it's the same shot of the same person. It's well, like it's not the Jack same twice. Shot. It's yeah, like it a is. couple shots of Jack. 
No, it's not like we're watching him drive forward and then we're looking at him head on. It's usually both head Just on. Double jack. Yeah, oh, I'll have to look for that. And like one screen's larger than the other, but it's not showing us anything <laughs> we can't see in the other screen. All right, well we'll we'll keep tracking split screen and seeing if it's. And then there was a tri screen later, <laughs> and two of them were jacked. Yeah, there's a lot head on that happens on the show. All right, one seventeen uh, in the morning and forty eight seconds, and the beeping is coming back. And this is when Emily notes that's a very confident beeping. Yeah, it's different from the. First it's episode. different from the pilot. The pilot has a very like tepid beeping when it's doing the clock. It's like, are you guys gonna, you guys gonna like this twenty four show? Yeah. Do, do you guys mind if we? Beep? Someone called up Colin in special effects <laughs> and guys? was like, "Gotta jack that up." And Colin's like, "You got it, boss." And he just like <laughs> turned up the volume. And now the clock beeping is gonna be what it is for yeah. the rest of the show. Uh, Jack is on the road trying to find his buddy Walsh, and meanwhile he's on the phone with Terry. He's like, "I'm so sorry, I can't be with you, Terry. There's some very bad things going on over here." And Terry's like, "Oh yeah, well I found." Con- Condams. <laughs> well, I'm here hanging out with, <laughs> with Janet's dad. With freaking Alan. I'm stuck with Alan. Alan's not a bad looking dad. No, he's a kind of a daddy, huh? Yeah. He's looking good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Rick and Rick and Dan are with. Are I with, know it seems like we're really bad guys. Yeah, so Rick but and, we're cool. Rick and what Dan. So Rick and Dan are in their purple mystery van and they're driving around and Janet's all roofied up so she can't like say anything in the front. And Rick is trying to assure Kim. He literally says, I know it seems like we're very bad guys, but we're not. We're cool. And Emily was not thrilled with that line I at wrote all. in caps, driving under the influence is never cool. Never cool. Also, um, who writes these lines for teenagers? Yeah. Did nobody know a teenager who was on the, the Yo, writing staff here? Uh, Emily Fox, be prepared for the fact that this is 24. 24 does not know how to write children. And it is a hallmark of the show. And it's exceptional for podcasts. Yeah, and like the next scene we see is David Palmer and his wife talking in the hotel room and then her being like, are the kids home yet? Like, where are the kids? Where are all the children? No one Why is- are they all out so late? Well, in, in the fairness of the Palmer kids, it seems like they are young adults. It seems like they're like early 20s. So like they're allowed to be I was not up. okay. Like my mom didn't let me even go out as Fox, once again, I'm so sorry, but that sounds like a personal problem that you have to deal I'm with just, off the podcast. I'm baffled. <laughs> I'm baffled by the parenting in this Speaking show. of which, I feel like I'd be remiss. I, I should have brought it up on the most recent podcast, but the cliffhanger from our preview show. So you saw Kiefer Sutherland at a Dwayne Reed in New York? I did. Uh, I had. Two- is this a, a good story or is it just like you literally just like saw him? I saw him, but I was with two friends who were visiting mm-hmm. uh, from out of town. Two of my best friends from home. And I walked down to get like waters or something because we'd been walking around and I saw him in the like band-aid aisle or whatever. And so I ran to them, whispered to them and said, hey, yeah, go to like aisle eight. Yeah. And uh, then meet me at the front and we'll pay for these waters. Yeah. And they were both so excited to see a yeah. celebrity. Yeah, I've, I have a friend who has a, a very, very vivid Keeper Sutherland story that is absolutely not for a podcast. So, oh, I think I know this story. Uh, that is for the $200,000 patrons. Yes. That's $200,000 a month. Otherwise, I'm not telling you that story. Mm. All right. At one twenty in the morning, in 25 seconds, is when uh, uh, we find out that the, that the kids, they stopped for pizza after this big speech that they gave. But at least David Palmer's wife's like, I think I'm going to turn in. Well, she's like, I'm going to go to sleep. By the way, like, uh, you know, what was going on before with the call? He's like, don't worry. I don't want anything to ruin. Today is going to be like the most important day of my life or second most important day. She's like, what was the first? He goes, oh, well, that's pretty obvious. I'm like, the romantic music starts playing. He's like, it's when I hit the game-winning three against DePaul in the final four. What a flex uh, for David Palmer to be revealed as like a star college basketball player. Well, 
He's great. He's great. I believe Georgetown. If I feel I like I would right. vote for him. I would absolutely. From like what I can tell, even with like the salacious thing that he's trying to hide. He's a good man. And we, we've got 10 minutes left. Go! One, one, uh, at, at 122 in the morning, there's Gaines. Uh, this is uh, one of the new bad guys that we're going to be watching, played by Michael Massey, RIP, uh, passed away of stomach cancer a few years ago. Uh, great, uh, great actor, uh, played a great, uh, played a memorable character in The Crow. He was one of the bad guys in The Crow. Fun guy. Or is it fun boy? I don't remember. We don't have time. Uh, and he's offering Mandy a job over the summer. She's like, no, I'm not going to be here this summer. I'm going to take the money I'm gonna do you want a summer job do you want a summer job Mandy (laughs) and Gaines secretly runs a camp for all the kids Um, Jack has Nina give him the the code for the north garage uh, at uh, at 2350 Dunlop Plaza and someone's tracing these calls we've learned yeah Tony is is listening in 91367 star is the code to the north garage at 2350 Dunlop Plaza in Los Angeles unless 24 has since uh, in the in the 20 ish years since then changed the code to uh, life sucks one word uh, <laughs> Jack goes in he meets Walsh and Walsh is like oh my god I'm under attack and Jack's like you got there's a shooter here and Walsh goes at least maybe three yeah and I was like this sounds so scripted it's very important Mandy have you, have you realized how dangerous parking garages are devastating yeah uh, oh and Emily it's going to get worse. Parking garages, we will see more of them on season one. Why does anyone ever spend any time there? It's a bad idea. I think parking garages might be the most dangerous place on earth. It's a very bad idea. Um, Mandy, with uh, where, where she's at with uh, with Gaines and everybody, she's like at the assassin compound. And she meets this guy who walks in and he's got Martin Belkin's face. And she's also shirtless. She's again. also shirtless Just again. standing in front of the medicine cabinet as one does. She's just very free. What do you want? She's very free. It's just the most random thing ever that's absolutely improbable. But she's really hyped on the fact that this guy's got like the the uh, the, the same Belkin exact face. Fa- the Bel- <laughs> you got that Belkin face. The Belkin visage. You got that Martin Belkin face. So he, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same exact actor who is playing uh, like this new guy who you has... You do your research and look this up I'm before pretty, we came on here? No, I, I, wow. did my, I did my research like 15 years ago and so I'm, 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 trusting, <laughs> I'm trusting my memory from 15 years ago. I'm pretty sure that's the same guy. Um, at CTU, Nina and Tony are going to get into a little fight. Where Nina's like, there's a chain of command, and I'm and here at the, at CTU, I'm your superior, and you gotta listen to me. And Tony goes, all right, that's fine. Boss me around here, outside, or something else, right? Ugh. You don't like Tony Almeida. Oh, I hope that changes. Might not change this season. Uh, <laughs> so Jack and Walsh, they're trying to get out of there, and Walsh's like, oh god, I'm so sorry, I called you to do this. And Jack like like basically grabs him by the face and goes, never say that. I owe you my life. So there's like some very deep history between Richard Walsh and and Jack Bauer. Don't you ever say that. Don't to you me. ever say that. Let's get out of here. Uh, and then we get our first real extended like shootout action sequence of 24. It's Walsh and Jack versus two shooters. You should have factored in the third, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit of a shootout. It's kind of tense. The music's really cool. Shout out to Sean Cowery, who does the music for 24. Uh, really, really, really fun stuff. Um, after they kill the two guys, Jack kills one on his own, and then Walsh has to like alert Jack to the other guy. He's like, Jack! And then they both stand up and just like riddle the poor guy with a thousand bullets. But um, then Jack goes in to ID him. <laughs> yeah. So Jack goes to ID one of the two and shooters I, I, don't, I, I was just assuming he'd check for his wallet. <laughs> or his pulse or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But then the music gets very sinister and Jack takes out a rag and he grabs the shooter by the wrist and grabs his finger and a knife and hacks off the knife. Uh, He hacks off his knife clearly to fingerprint him and Emily goes, why? You were scandalized. Who takes a finger? Jack Bauer takes a finger and let me tell you. I'm going to need this for later. 
This is this not. This is how I'm going to dial my, my future call. This is far from the last body part Jack is going to claim from somebody. How's that guy ever going to open his He's iPhone? He's dead. The dude's dead. The guy's not going to open his iPhone because A, iPhones don't exist yet at this point in the show. And B, they're and not fingerprinted anymore. And he's dead. <laughs> and that man is dead. So Jack takes that guy's finger. They're on. They're in a rush. He needs the fingerprint. Uh, the biker chick shows up at the Gaines compound and Gaines like, okay, cool. So where's the, where's the ID card? She's like, well, here's the Polaroid of it. It's like, that's not good enough. That's not what we said. And even Mandy's like, yo, lady, that's not the deal. And she's like, trust me, I figured this whole thing out. It's going to work really well for us. That's sort of the cliffhanger of that storyline. It's like, where's the ID? She's got this big suitcase full of money. She's got summer plans. Is she going to be able to enjoy those summer plans or is Biker Chick screwing everything up? I think Biker Chick's screwing everything up. <laughs> Seems pretty likely. 1.42, 46 in the morning. Alan and Terry uh, are going to call Nina. Hey, Nina. Uh, so we can't reach Jack, and we need to pull our government strings. This is literally, like, the most annoying thing ever. We need to if contact- I were Nina, I'd be like, sorry, <laughs> wrong number. <We> need- <laughs> New phone, who dis? Yeah, exactly. Uh, they need to call the owner of Palladio Furniture to apologize. For ap- no reason. Well, they need to apologize. If you know the name of the guy who works at Palladio, you use Nina to look up his address. Yeah. Not the owner of Palladio. There's a guy named Dan who works at Palladio. Find out who that guy is and get us his information. That's the move. Yeah. So you're, you're docking points from Terry Bauer in this episode. And meanwhile, she's like windexing the table they danced on. Yeah. Like, get out of here. All right, so back at the Palmer suite, uh, Keith and Nicole show up. Uh, Keith and Nicole Palmer, the Fresh kids. Fresh off of a Green Day reference. Yes, they were just like hanging out. They were like basking in the after party of uh, Palmer's big speech the day before. Uh, and they were like, Green Day came out and played Time of Your Life. It was amazing. <laughs> If we Every graduation song of that era. <laughs> it was absolutely mine. It was ab- I, No, maybe it wasn't. I think I sang on the chorus in high school for Time of Your Life as the graduation song for somebody else. We only have four minutes. I'd like minutes. to we unpack gotta keep going. that in another we time. <laughs> um, Alan, Alan and Terry are going to get the number from Nina. They're going to call the guy. Hey, Mr. Namaste. I'm so sorry. What's we d- his name? It's like Mr. Namaste or something. Namaste? Uh, Mr. Mr. Naraste. Sorry, Mr. <laughs> Naraste. We're so sorry. Tell us who Dan is. Um, back at the Palmer Suite. Aaron Pierce, Secret Service, shows up. You don't know yet, Emily, but this dude's the man. Oh. Uh, he shows up, and uh, he's like, all right, David Palmer's left the suite. Uh, we've got high confidence there's going to be an attempt on his life today. Uh, and Palmer is escaping. He's ditching. Uh, yeah, you got to get into that Lincoln Navigator. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, he's going to get into He it. was in a dangerous garage for a second. He was in a dangerous garage for a hot second. He had to get out of there fast. He almost <laughs> got recognized. He has to like, put his hand up as he's walking past yeah. two passersby. Uh, so that's what we get from Palmer. He he wants to meet up with Maureen Kingsley. So we don't know exactly Maureen what's going to We don't know exactly what's going to happen with Maureen Kingsley yet, but that is in the works. Meanwhile, 153 Richard Walsh gets shot. Three minutes left. It's that third shooter. That third shooter shows up and kills Richard Walsh, but not before he gives his little key card to Jack. It's like, find the mole. Talk to Jamie. She find the right hotel do. room. I know. And I again, think I was in sweet. 14B. And if he had just listened to Al Pacino, perhaps he would still be alive. But Kiefer takes the card. He, like, shoots at the other shooter. He doesn't get him, but he hops in the car, and he, like, books it. I've never seen a faster drive. In the alternate universe in which 24 takes place, traffic does not exist in Los Angeles. I know. I was going to ask about this, There's no traffic. There's no traffic. Well, it's also late at night. He calls Jamie. Yeah, but during the daytime, there's no traffic. He (laughs) He calls Jamie, and Jamie's like, oh, well, you can get me the key card right now. You don't have to wait until you're back at CTU. There's the mobile scanner. Use the mobile scanner. Switch it from optical to magnetic. And so he, like, does some sort of 2001 technology And thing. he uncovers. He finds out that the key card belongs to Nina. 
Nina Myers. Do you think she's been framed, or do you think it's legitimately her? Well, I know the answer. What's the What's the answer? I bet you. I I bet you she's framed. Okay, so she thinks. So she thinks about the most important part of this. Okay, Nina. uh, Oh no, sorry, Kim. Kim. Kim call. Kim calls Terry. Kim, yes. After like Dan and Dan and Rick pull over to the side of the road, they're like, "Call your mom." And they like crowbar Janet in the arm or something. They break Janet's arm. That's so fucked up. They they crowbar Janet's arm. They break poor Rufy to Janet's arm to intimidate Kim into calling mom. And Kim calls mom under extraordinary duress, and mom doesn't for a second say like. Kim, where are you? Huh. Okay, I'm going to call the police. No, she does call. She's like, where are you? I want to find you. I want to pick you up. And she's like, I don't even know how I got here. I'm so sorry. I love you, Mom. And then the thing that Terry latches onto is, she said, I love you. Oh, my gosh. She never says that. That's so cute. I, it's just ridiculous. So we'll have to find out what's going to happen there. That's the cliffhanger we get. I guess the final scene of the episode is we see the fake Martin Belkin shooting a balloon from a distance. So it looks like if he gets within uh, you know, shot of, uh, he gets a clear shot of David Palmer, it's probably going to be bad. Emily, we are fast approaching 24 minutes. How would you grade episode two of season one of 24? I would say A minus again. A minus again. Oh, my God. Emily is loving 24. This is fantastic. All right. We are loving Worst Day Ever. This is a terrific podcast. Emily Fox and I are just having an absolute blast. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this as well. Do you think people are liking this? Rapid fire, baby. Rapid fire, baby. One podcast, uh, 24-minute podcast. We do these four days a week. First week is going to be five days a week. So we've got hour three to get to next. Um, I don't know. I've got a little bit of time. All right, fine. I'll just wrap it up here. Subscribe to the podcast at Round Howard at Emily on Twitter. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Bye. And by tomorrow, I mean next week. Uh, This is me coming your way from 2021. (laughs) It's weird, the time travel. It's almost done. Promise you. We'll be back next week. Another episode. Bye, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.